Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, your host for this evening, and tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different for our Halloween extravaganza. Normally, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know that I am joined along with my co-host Joe or Jack, and we have at least one other guest very often on the show talking about whatever it is we're talking about on that episode. But this week, due to everyone's different schedules and what's going on in terms of work and all that, we couldn't get one of those episodes together. So I thought that for our Halloween episode, what we would do would be to have a bunch of different guests coming on for about five minutes, give or take, per appearance talking about a horror movie that they are a fan of because to me one of the best ways to celebrate Halloween is to watch horror movies. It's something that I love doing and clearly tons of people around the world love doing because horror movies this time of year are immensely popular and if you've been checking out Netflix or any of the streaming services they are filled with new horror films many of which are really good. So I thought that would be a way to uh enjoy Halloween this year. Uh, This year, Halloween is not going to be the way it normally is. That's obvious. Normally, we'd be looking ahead to parties, get-togethers, trick-or-treating, and all of that, and that may still be going on uh, around the country, but uh, it's clearly not going to be what it used to be, Uh, and hopefully next year, things will be back to normal, and that's one of the reasons that Halloween uh, horror films, I should say, take on an even greater importance this year because amidst a crazy time for the world, I find uh, comfort in taking part in the traditions that have always brought me happiness. And I think others feel the same way. And uh, watching scary movies around Halloween is one of those things. Now, uh, in terms of if I was a guest on the show, a movie I would mention, if somebody asked me what is a horror film that I enjoy, tough to say, I would probably mention, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, the great film, in my opinion, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Keanu Reeves, Anthony Hopkins, and others. I find it to be a a powerful movie with great vampire imagery, uh, an amazing score, uh, terrific uh, performances by many of the actors and actresses, uh, and uh, quite scary. It's a film that has not lost its fear factor as the years go on. Uh, That's what I would choose. Maybe one of the guests tonight will mention that. We'll have to find out. But I think this is going to be fun. Uh, Just kind of be a random uh, nonstop parade of guests, some of whom you've heard before and maybe some others who you haven't. And uh, I just want to wish you, before we begin tonight, a happy Halloween. Please, everyone, stay safe, be careful out there, and uh, enjoy Halloween in a sensible manner. Uh, All right, I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. Enjoy. So our first guest tonight from the Butter and Bacon podcast, we are joined by Paul. Paul, how are you this evening? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on, Scott. Always great to be with you on the podcast here. Uh, listeners to our show know that you and our, uh, your co-host, Dean, are frequent contributors to the Stuff We Love podcast. We talk Disney news very often, but today, tonight, we're going to be talking a little something different. This is our Halloween extravaganza, and so I'm just going to pose these questions to you. I'll learn something about you, and our listeners will get some recommendations here. So my first question, Paul, are you ready? I am ready. What is a horror film that you are a fan of and why? It's a little out of the ordinary, but I classify it as horror. Alien. Okay, sure. Why? And the reason why is I think it's the first movie that I saw in my life that I actually would say is a true horror film. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw things like Poltergeist. Um, some would even say Ghostbusters is a horror film, but not really. It's more of a comedy. Um, you know, but, but alien, I think I saw when I was about five or six, Mm -hmm. um, the first time and it was at a drive-in movie theater. Um, my dad took me, he had seen it before and, um, it, it, it 
really got me, first of all, the way that the director, Ridley Scott, built the tension, not showing you the alien. I think that is one of the things that in horror movies in general, they don't show you what everyone's afraid of right away. Right. Um, You get a glimpse, you might get a fleeting motion, you might get a shadow, you might, you know, something because it's much scarier, you know, and Steven Spielberg did this with Jaws too. Um, That was the other thing I was going to mention. Um, So not to mention a whole bunch of movies, but, um, but yeah, Alien, the way that you really, you first see it, it's literally, I believe, three frames of the movie first Mm -hmm. until the very end. And it's just so terrifying because of that. Right. And it's interesting because so many recent horror movies focus on real world places here that people are going to their homes, vacation destinations and so forth. Alien was in outer space. And yet the fear that the audience felt was palpable. It was, it was, they were able to take something that most people will never experience in their lifetime and yet make them terrified. Uh, One thing that occurred to me, the moment you mentioned alien is what are your thoughts on the extinct great movie ride over at Walt Disney world with the alien scene? Did Did that bring you joy as a fan of the movie? It, it, well, what's funny is it brought me joy, but it also made me apprehensive for bringing my daughter grapes on the ride because right. it was one of those things when she was little, we would distract her, um, you know, because you know, she'd be watching the Scorny Weaver shaking uh, audio animatronic. Right. But then when the alien was on the right side, when that one would work, we would distract her, we would get her to look to the left. And then when the one was up above, we would distract her. We get her to look to, you know, like we're, we're just, you know, making hand motions down below and all that stuff because she wanted to see the Wizard of Oz. She loved the Fantasia scene. She loved all of that stuff. But yeah, the right. alien scene, I don't think she fully saw until she was about 10 right. um, because it was just that that was just a bit intense for her. It is intense. The, the uh, design of the alien itself was the... the I, I don't know offhand who did the makeup work associated with that movie. Who was Rick? Yeah, Baker that was um, that was designed by an artist, H.R. Giger, um, mm. and he designed kind of a uh, you know, and if if you're a fan of Star Trek, it's very Borg-like, um, right. but way ahead of it. Um, you know, we're talking 1960s, 1970s era of right. you know people and machinery, and kind of like bio machinery uh, was really the 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 look and feel. So it's 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 hard to tell where a um a tube or a a pipe would end and a person would begin and that was kind of the design genesis of the alien it really was made to meld in with its surroundings and in and uh james cameron when he made the sequel aliens carried that forward too Mm -hmm. when the alien is not moving you can't tell where it is and that makes it even more scary because it is literally camouflage in plain sight right I could see that. Sure. I could definitely, I'm picturing it in my mind as we're talking. Um, Next question for you. You touched on this a moment ago, but uh, what do you remember about your reaction the first time you saw it? So you mentioned it was at a drive-in movie theater, which is cool. Um, Yeah. Did you, did it give you nightmares? Uh, I didn't have my nightmares about that. Like I did about Poltergeist um, Poltergeist because I had a big gnarly tree right outside my window. So I was convinced it was going to eat me. Um, so, so that was that one, but alien, um, it really, um, I didn't have nightmares. I do remember, like I said, that first scene that you see the alien for that very, very split second made me jump. Um, and I don't know if I went, ah, you know, nothing, you know, I probably did. Um, but I do remember that movie sticking with me. You know, sometimes you'll see a movie and you'll think about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, that one I definitely thought about for a while after it, it does linger with you. It's, it's a classic. It's a, it's a true horror classic. And, uh, my last question for you on this, uh, bite-sized appearance on stuff. We love podcast. Yeah. Are there Halloween movie traditions perhaps with alien or other movies that you follow every year, such as films or even TV shows that you watch? What is the, uh, Paul Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood Halloween, a uh, set of activities. Yes, the Pauline um, activities would include watching a, I think, overlooked movie with Johnny Depp from Hell. Um, Great movie. That talks Great about, movie. Oh yeah, I, yeah. And no one talks about it. No one. Uh, it's got Robbie Coltrane. So you've got you've got Jack Sparrow and you've got Hagrid, um, right. and it's and it's a Jack the Ripper tale told in excruciatingly bloody detail. 
Totally. Uh, and I really like it. Um, I liked kind of the, the way it's told. I liked how it's shot. Um, you know, it, the sub, I do really, before seeing that, I really didn't pay too much attention about Jack the Ripper. Right. I'm not a huge fan of 1800s stuff. Right. Um, other than, you know, Jules Verne type things. Um, but really that, that gets me into the, into the Halloween spirit. We typically would play that, um, mm -hmm. you know, in a normal year, we'll have that playing when trick-or-treaters are coming to the door. So, um, you know, that's definitely one. And then on the complete other side of the spectrum, we are big fans of the Halloween town series sure. of Disney movies. Right. Um, they're fun. They're campy. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, they're, they're very accessible. It's something that we got grapes into when she was very little. Um, she loves watching it. She's actually watching them on uh, Disney Plus as we record. Very nice. Yeah, those are great movies. I watched Halloween Town, the original, the other night. It's a, it's a fun in an 80s sort of family entertainment kind of way. It's not going to yeah. scare you, but it's going to entertain you type deal. Yeah. And From Hell is a great movie. I like it more than Sleepy Hollow, which most people kind of turn to for that Johnny Depp type look. But I, I like From Hell more. I remember seeing that. Um, Paul, can I, can I tell the listeners where they could find you on Twitter? Absolutely. At Yo Pauly NJ, that's P-A-U-L-I-E. And uh, I know that from memory because I talk to you multiple times every day. <laughs> so Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I'll have an opinion on pretty much anything that comes across. Uh, but yeah, most most likely Disney, of course, uh, sure. travel, sports, uh, beer and New Jersey, I guess would be my topics. All things we love. All things we love. This and, is and the stuff we love. This is the stuff we love. And everyone subscribe to Butter and Bacon, the good stuff of Disney podcast. It's one of our favorites. Yes, please. Uh, Paul, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you too, Scott. Thank you. We are joined now on the Stuff We Love podcast by Meg. Meg, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Pretty good. How about you? I'm doing okay. Thank you. Are you enjoying the Halloween season as best uh, you can in this crazy year? Yeah, it's, um, as telling you a little bit earlier and talking to a friend today, um, normally around this time, we'd be so exhausted from doing horror nights four or five times a week and we're a bit more rested this year because we don't have to worry about that. Right. But, which is kind of sad, but at the same time, um, I'm more energetic at school. So that's probably a good thing. <laughs> it all works out. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, shortly before we started recording tonight, I saw a post from a friend on Facebook that the merchandise that universal was selling online for the Halloween Horror Nights went down in price drastically. I mean, massive cuts yeah. like 50%. I was looking at some of that stuff. It's very good deals. Yeah, that happens pretty much every year right around the end, but that's like the last night right. this year. I mean, obviously it's sooner because, you know, not as many people are, you know, real. I mean, there's a lot of people at the parks, but not as many as you would think are going to the houses. Mm -hmm. So people are probably just not buying them like they used to. So That's what I'm thinking. Before we get to these horror movie questions, let me throw a Halloween Horror Nights question at you. Totally okay. random. So I started going to this about three years ago. I love it. It's an amazing night of the year when I'm, when I'm there. Off the top of your head, give me two Halloween Horror Nights highlights for you in the past couple of years. Mazes that you liked, you know, experiences um, you liked. My favorite of all time that I've been going, I mean, I've only been going since basically let's say 2014 i went in 2011 but i really don't remember it mm -hmm. um but scarecrow is probably my favorite haunted house that i've ever done um i love going to haunted houses you know back home and um we'd go every year to uh Halloween weekends at cedar point but like scarecrow was legit the one that i every time it doesn't matter how many times i went in there i would jump and they would, I would scream, which is a big deal for me. Right. I don't scream. And every time I went in there, it, it got me. So yeah. Tremendous house. <laughs> yeah. Tremendous house. And that's a, uh, if I'm correct about this, that's an original universal IP. Yeah. Thing. It's not yeah, usually the houses that they do that are originals are my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. The Shining is one of my favorite horror books, horror movies. Yeah. Um, when they did the house, I was so excited and it was great, but it wasn't very scary. And I like to see if one, they can make me jump and get scared. Sure. Um, two, I also love laughing at the people who are getting scared. It's fun. So if it's a house that isn't super scary, it tends to kind of like not give me that entertainment. Sure. I understand. So, 
Well, that's a great choice. Yeah, the first experience I ever had at Horror Nights was going to The Shining House. And you're right. It's not, it wasn't scary, but like you, I love the movie. I love the book. And I was just blown away by it because I ne- I'd been to some haunted houses in the Northeast and New York and New Jersey and other places. And they're great. They're, they're a lot of fun, but nothing like what Universal Studios does. It's just, no, just different their, world. Their IPs are just phenomenal when they yeah. do them. Um, Agreed. It's like movie scenes right in front of you when they did Ghostbusters last year. Yeah. Not scary at all. Right. But it was like I was walking through the movie and it was so fantastic. It was fantastic. I walked through those houses. I'm, I'm I, like you. I usually don't jump, but I just walked through with a smile on my face because I can't believe what I'm seeing. I just it's just so much fun. I cried the first time I walked through. I was like, oh, this is so great. <laughs> I know. So I know happy. the feeling. So, you know, and my friends are like, are you OK? No, this is everything I wanted. I know. It's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll be back there 2021. I have a feeling we will be. I miss it. Like that's yeah. one of the other things too I was going to say is like the best times I have there are when I'm with my friends. Sure. Um, and every year, you know, there's a crew that comes down and uh, I hang with them and we've gotten really close and I'm especially really good friends with uh, two of the park scope guys' wives. Like we mm-hmm. started off as friends, me and the guys, and then um most of them got married and now like two of their wives and I are we're like basically sisters that's awesome and that was because of horror nights honestly so that's I get it and that's the great thing about you know Diz Twitter theme park Twitter could be a crazy place sometimes but at the end of the day I'm so happy to have made close friends oh yeah through, through Twitter and Instagram. It's, My it's really awesome. Best friends are because of Twitter. So. Absolutely. Twitter can be a good thing in the world. Yes. Rarely anymore. <laughs> Rarely, at least in the past few months. Yeah. <laughs> anyhow, are you ready for your special Halloween themed horror movie questions? Go for it. Okay. Question number one. What is a horror film you are a fan of and why? Uh, Scream is actually my favorite. Um, Great choice. I grew up, my mom's a huge Stephen King fan. So I grew up, no, like I, I watched, you know, the miniseries for it. And of course, like I said, The Shining, still one of my favorite movies. But I think right around in the, the 90s were, it was kind of like a resurgence kind of and Scream kind of like led the way with that. Mm-hmm. And that first five minutes, you just, you didn't see it coming. Like, I just remember sitting there going, Okay, yeah, Drew Barrymore's in this. She's going to be like the main character. Um, no, she's right. dead within five minutes, and right. it threw me for a loop. And it was funny, it was fun, and but it was still, I maybe it was because I was younger. I don't know because everyone's like, "Oh, I saw the twist coming." I had no idea. Yeah, I did not see it coming. I did not see Billy being the killer, and I did not see his best friends do being the his like partner like didn't not at all if it makes you feel better i didn't see that coming either <laughs> so. I, I, like especially lately because they're talking about scream five coming out and right. apparently like i'm getting known as the like person who loves scream on twitter one of my friends is like you are my personal scream queen now i was like i'll take it cool <laughs> um and but these people were like, it's overrated. And I saw that coming. I was like, okay, sure. Sure. You did. Of course. It was so obvious. Even if they (laughs) saw it coming, which I doubt they did. um, It's a very solid horror movie. You know, it's interesting. You chose this because I vividly remember watching scream for the first time. I was over at a friend's house in high school. There were a few of us gathered there on a Friday or Saturday night and they put scream on. I'd never seen it before. I didn't see it in theaters. And those first five minutes, like you said, you don't forget that. And even now, years after seeing it, I could play the movie out in my head. It just sticks with you. It's remarkable. That's I mean, Wes Craven was one of the great horror directors of all time. And it's it's a it's a masterpiece. I think it's a masterpiece. I I feel confident saying I do too. Yeah, it's a great I do too, but people are I couldn't believe people are like it's overrated. And I'm just like, okay, you with your terrible opinion. No, so it's not overrated. They are, they are wrong about that. Uh, like the, now, even the yeah. sequel. Oh, sorry. The the sequels were 
you know, two is just as good. I know some people consider it even better than one. I still, I think I'm partial to one because mm-hmm. that was, you know, I was like 16 when it came out. It was 15 or 16. I don't remember. Um, and I just, it was right around that time where you really start getting into all that stuff, Yeah, you know, kind of on your own. Like it was, you know, I had watched stuff with my mom before and everything, but this is really, you know, geared toward kind of me, the kids were in high school and, you know, whatever. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed the second and third one, fourth one. It was okay. It's not Mm -hmm. my favorite thing ever, but I still liked it. But that trilogy was fantastic. It's fantastic. And like you said, a couple minutes ago, it started the trend. Uh, In my mind, I kind of linked Scream and I know what you did last summer together. Yeah. Both kind of teenage horror flicks, but they Scream was first and that led the way to the others. Um, It's a great choice. Another thing I really like about Scream is the diversity of the characters. You have such unique characters from the Rose McGowan role to the Nev Campbell role to the Drew Barrymore, Skeet Ulrich. It's Matthew Lillard. There were some good actors in that movie. That was, I think that was my first foray into Matthew Lillard and just yeah. to see how he's grown and all the funny things that he's done. And then he was in the TV show, Good Girls. And mm-hmm. he was fantastic in that. I just was like watching this going, oh my God, this was, this is the dude from Scream. Like yeah. <laughs> 24 awesome. years ago or something. Such but, a great movie. Yeah. He's, now you mentioned this, uh, kind of hinted at this a moment ago, but my second question is, what do you remember about your reaction to Scream the first time you saw it? Um, well, I did see it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was freaked out because again, dark theater, I'm with my, like I was with a couple of friends and my two of the moms had taken us because, you know, it's we had to go with parents or whatever, but sure. we were just like, freaking out and it it was so great but it wasn't it wasn't to the point where I was too like I didn't have nightmares that night or anything like that but it was just a good time and I wanted to I immediately wanted to see it again because mm-hmm. I was sitting there going okay what did I miss right immediately just yeah it was it I was I was scared I was freaked out but I was also there's parts where I was laughing or right you know at least like snickering because you know and Jamie Kennedy is hilarious too so oh, right that, he was in that he, I forgot about that yeah. yeah um he's my favorite character actually <laughs> and I was so upset in Scream 2 when he died I think yeah. that's why I don't love Scream 2 is right. because they killed out my favorite character um but he was just so like passionate about horror films. And I was like, that's just fun. Right. He was the he total gave the rule. Right. Then scream one, he gave the rules when they're sitting there. And then right. Matthew Lillard mocked him by saying, I'll be right back. You know? And I felt and- that like I was the nerd in school and I had a lot of friends, but there was always, you know, I was, I was, I was the big nerd. So I just, yeah, he's, He's hysterical. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I watch a lot of horror movies. I watch a lot of movies in general, but I love horror movies. And ever since seeing the first Scream, when I watch horror movies, there are certain things in those films that Scream was kind of mocking or talking about in that Jamie Kennedy speech that I'll watch. And I'm like, oh, that's what he's talking about. When yeah. somebody says, I'll be right back. And they never come back. So, yeah, now that's that's awesome. Uh, Meg, my final question for you tonight in general, are there Halloween movie traditions you follow every year, such as any TV shows, movies you watch as part of your Halloween festivities? Um, honestly, probably Charlie Brown. It's the great pumping pumpkin sure. when I watch it every year. Um, we're at horror nights so much that I guess during the season it's mostly that. So um I tend to watch horror movies whenever though. Yeah. It's not just a Halloween type thing. Um sure. So I guess that, but that's the big thing. Like I showed at school, mm-hmm. I love, I love doing it at school because the kids kind of recognize the music and we talk about how like important music is to movies and everything. Um, but I guess that's really, and Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah, Hocus yeah. Pocus. Well, well I, I randomly watched that too, so. Which one? The, the, Hocus Pocus. Oh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, no, that's become it. a. That's a Halloween standard for Disney fans now. That's taken yeah. on a, an amazing role. Um, I actually watched the Charlie Brown 
special the other day. I watched it every Halloween season. It holds up. It's very fun. Yeah. It's just timeless, just like the Thanksgiving special and the Christmas special. They yeah. all kind of mark different points in the year, which is really awesome. Uh, well, listen, Meg, I really appreciate your coming here on the Stuff We Love podcast. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on Twitter? Um, my handle is megadays13, basically M-E-G-A-D-I-S 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk a lot about random stuff. I'm very random, but yeah. <laughs> well, you're a wonderful person to follow on Twitter. I've been following Thanks. you for years. Probably you, you may have been one of the first yeah. people I followed on Twitter, actually. Actually, uh, I think so, too, because it's if you've been around for a long time on my feed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're still going strong on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So uh, everybody follow Meg and uh, Meg, I wish you a happy Halloween. Thank you. Next up, we are joined by Mike. Mike was on the podcast a few episodes ago in a very highly listened to episode. So uh, he is a returning champion to the Stuff We Love podcast. Mike, good evening. Scott, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled that you uh, invited me back. Anytime, anytime, my friend. So first off, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you as well. And I have no idea what film you will be discussing in a moment because you are a movie buff. I go to you for movie advice. And so Thank I'm you, very excited. I think, I think you're going to, uh, I, I think you're going to, um, get, once I tell you what the movie is, you're like, oh, that makes sense. All right. Because it's something we used to watch when we were younger. Okay. Interesting. So let's get to it then. My first question for you, my friend, is what is a horror film you are a fan of and why? Well, this was actually a tough one for me. I was kind of going through like which movie kind of encapsulates Halloween for me. And, you know, I love the gritty realism of The Exorcist. And I was thinking of like, you know, Aliens, but that's more of an action adventure movie. And the movie that really, I think, encapsulates the season and um, you know, the, the feel of Halloween was uh, The Lady in White. Great movie. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I had I a feeling a you would appreciate this one. On there. Great movie. Right. I had a feeling you would appreciate that one. I mean, for we used sure. to watch it as kids. I mean, for some reason, it was on down the shore when we would go down as kids over the summertime. I don't really know. <laughs> it wasn't really a summer movie. Uh, but, you know, it's just something that, that you know, I, I grew up watching and, and just it's such such an atmospheric movie. And, um, you know, I feel, I, I mean, I think the, the biggest name in that movie is probably Lucas Haas, you know, it, it really yes. doesn't have a big cast. Um, but it, it's, um, I, I, for me, it, it's just such a, um, you know, such a, a great way to capture the, not just the fall, but like mm-hmm. the feeling of, of, of Halloween. That is an amazing choice. A few things come to mind. First off, when you just used the word atmospheric, that was literally the word I was thinking of at that moment. <laughs> I mean, when you grow up together, it's just, it's true. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to be on the same wave, same wavelength. I got a quick 10 second story for you connected to lady in white. I know someone who told me very recently he was an extra in the film. Wow. I, that was one of the cool. uh, students, one of the students at the beginning. Um, or... There's a scene in the movie at a courthouse mm, mm-hmm. and he was in the crowd yeah. of the courthouse. It touches on some racial issues. I was going to say that. I mean, what I, uh, the movie opens up on Halloween, but it takes place, I think over a couple weeks and a couple, uh, maybe even a couple months. I can't really recall, but okay. you know, it's a ghost movie mm-hmm. wrapped in a murder mystery and it touches on like, you know, racial issues of, I guess they were in, I think it was takes place in the sixties or somewhere thereabouts. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, it really brings in a lot of themes um, that just, for me, gave, gave us a lot of depth. I mean, it's actually been a while since I've watched it, but, uh, um, you know, it, I, growing up, uh, it, it felt almost like a mature, um, scary movie, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. It's not a, um, while there are jump out, you know, out of your seat scares in the film, yeah. it is a more mature film. And, it, it touches on themes of parenthood. It touches on themes of, uh, you know, um, uh, brother, you know, the, the two brothers in the movie. There's a lot going on, Not, even the, between the two generations. There's a younger set of brothers and an older, uh, the father and, and, and uh, the main character's uncle. I mean, there's just so many themes going on. Um, I, I just thought, I think it's a, you know, a beautifully constructed movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even it, it starts out in a brilliant way where, you know, uh, I don't think I'm giving anything away, but minor spoiler. 
Sure. Uh, the main character, you know, the bullies in the school uh, uh, throw his hat in the cubbies uh, and, you know, they're, they're elementary school age. And he goes in there. I think it's like Halloween night or Halloween Eve. Yeah. And they lock him in. Right. And from there, uh, all the hijinks, you know, ensues there. It, it, it sets the tone very well right from the beginning of this ghost story murder mystery. The scene you just described there, when I hear of the the name of that movie, that's the scene I immediately think of. As a child, I was terrified of that sequence. Yeah, it really taps into one of those, you know, primal fears as a kid of not being able to, of being stuck, not being able to get home. It's nighttime. You're afraid of the dark, and you know what goes uh, what goes bump in the night, and what kind of creepy things are there um, to jump out and get you. And right. it, it really captures, I felt that feeling. Um, beautifully, uh, uh, those those childhood feelings beautifully, and it just you know kind of kind of grows from there in terms of you know psychological um, the psychological depth and growth of the characters kind of expands out from there. I don't know. I, I, I absolutely I really love that movie. Couldn't recommend it. It's more. it's a tremendous film. And, and you know, my next question for you is, what do you remember about your reaction the first time you saw it? You you've touched on this, but uh, just uh, if you could elaborate a little bit your reactions when you first saw it. Yeah, as a young kid, I'm trying to recall. I, I mean, like you said, there was there was you know a lot of, of you know scary moments. They weren't really necessarily jump scares, but um, you know uh, scenes and feelings that you could relate to as a kid that would that would kind of um, really make you um, play on your psychological fears. Right. And then I remember it also being though um, kind of sad there's there's i don't want to give too much of the movie away so without giving away spoilers you do have empathy for uh characters in this movie who initially scared you right right i agree with that i i I think that's the best way to say it without giving things away the uh the last thing i'll say about the lady in white before we go to the the final question i remember you also end up wait real quick you also end up hating you also end up hating characters that you initially love you know so it does a good job playing with your um, with your expectations, it's an unpredictable movie. Lots of plot twists. Yes. In the end credit sequence, the song that plays in the background. Did you ever hear a dream walking? <laughs> well, I did. You remember that? It's a major part of the whole movie. It's it's a uh, it's it's a theme. That song plays right. you know throughout the whole movie, and it's it's so haunting. There are a couple of songs from that period. That's one of them, and there's one. Oh, this, I forget the name of the track. It's escaping me where there are just it tends to be sung by female voices, not a lot of instrumentation. They're kind of these sparse songs that you find in horror films. The name of the other one is escaping me. But the, did you ever see a dream or hear dream walking or see dream walking is another example of that. It's going to bother yeah, me. What you I- know, it, it, they, they used it in a way that um, they use some of those old songs in The Shining. You know what yeah, I mean, Scott? Like sure. uh, it, it just sets the atmosphere. It sets the tone. It's this. And it's played in a way that's haunting, in a way that, you know, feels ghostly. And, um, you know, they play it beautifully throughout the movie. They use it, you know, in in several spots and always to great effect. Always. Great choice, Mike. Lady in White is a classic. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Now, my last question for you tonight, even though this is a strange year, are there Halloween movie traditions you follow every year, such as films or TV shows that you always watch? I know you're a fan of the Halloween series, but in general, what films but do you I, tend to go to this time of year? Well, it's funny. I do more like TV every year. I, uh, and now that I have kids, too, I want them to watch. Like, I, I, I like the idea of carrying on the tradition of watching uh, both the Charlie, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Sure. And, and if you haven't seen it, it's still delightful to this day. Garfield's Halloween Adventure. <laughs> I challenge anyone to tell me that it doesn't hold up. It, and honestly, I don't even know if it's necessarily for kids. I mean, Garfield makes one of Odie being ugly and stupid. So mm-hmm. there's some things in there where you, if you have little kids, like, I didn't remember that. Maybe you all shouldn't, you know, say things like that to people. But, you know, as adults, I, I feel like the jokes still, still land. And um, the voice actor who plays Garfield, I can't remember his name, is oh, no. just so spot on with his portrayal of Garfield that uh, I would recommend anyone watching Garfield's uh, Halloween adventure. I want to conclude by sharing with you a very pronounced childhood memory I have of your house in a way that changed my Halloween life, okay? I remember going to a Halloween party at your house. I don't remember how old we were. We were in the basement. 
There was bobbing for apples going on. I remember that. And playing on the TV was the Disney classic, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, The Headless Horseman. Oh, my God. Yeah. What a great movie. I haven't seen that one in years either. If I, I should probably show that to my kids as well. It is on but Disney+. Plus. Disney that's Plus. still really spooky, right? I mean, that's awesome. a I, I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while, but I just remember how freaked out I was by the Headless Horseman. It's classic. As classic as it gets for Halloween. Still scary, you think? I have to watch it again, but... To me, I look at it now as fun. I got you. Fun for this time <laughs> of year. Absolutely. Well, anyhow, my friend, this has been great. This bite-sized appearance on Stuff We Love podcast, but like I mentioned earlier, you are going to be back on for multiple episodes <laughs> it's been a pleasure my friend our Thank audience so is fascinated by you <laughs> <laughs> that's good great to hear uh, i hope that they like uh the lady in white as well if you get a chance to check it out i highly recommend it totally happy halloween mike you too my friend happy halloween I'd like to welcome matt to the podcast now matt is one of the hosts of one of the great disney podcasts the 3028 matt how are you this evening i'm going great everything's going good here in missouri that's good to hear. It's been a crazy year, but are you able to keep up with any of the traditional Halloween festivities despite the craziness of the world right now? So I think we've kind of given up some of the like festivals and things, you know, even if they're kind of hosting them, we're not really doing a whole lot of that. We went to our favorite orchard in right. uh, in Illinois this year, so that was pretty fun. Got, you know, cider and picked apples and that stuff. So that was really good, but not not as many of the things that we would that we would, you know, normally do. Is there anything better on a crisp fall morning than a nice cup of apple cider? No, no. And, and in fact, we, uh, my wife is like, she's a baker, uh, not by trade, but like she does a great job. And so she does pumpkin bread every year. So we have the pumpkin bread and the apple cider and it's amazing. That's a quality meal right there. That's, that's a meal that's suitable for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and literally any time of the year. <laughs> yes, it is. You can eat that all fall in the summer. It doesn't matter. That's terrific. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I love those fall foods. I've been having the pumpkin spice this and the pumpkin cake that. It's it's really, it's a it's a time where it's easy to gain some weight. That is for sure. I think I'm about uh, corn corn tin is what they're calling it, right? Uh, I think I'm about as fat as I've ever been, and I'm I'm usually pretty lean. And man, it just seems like I can't get rid of them because of all the sitting I'm doing. It's a lot of sitting and a lot of eating, and you're not alone in that. I am like that, and I've talked to many people who fo who find themselves in that exact category. So don't feel bad about it. I don't feel too bad. It's just I want everything to fit, like my clothes, so that's the only thing I'm struggling with. But other than that, yeah. everything is going okay here. I am happy to hear that, my friend. That's good to know. And uh, are you ready to answer some Halloween horror movie questions right now? Always ready. I could even do uh, Halloween horror movie trivia if you threw it at me. I love Halloween movies. That is a level of podcasting that I have not yet achieved <laughs> on the spot <laughs> trivia. So yeah, right. I, I am working my way towards that one day. But uh, here's the first question for you tonight, Matt. What is a horror film you are a fan of and why? Well, I think Halloween, the original Halloween, John Carpenter's, is sure. not only one of you know my favorite horror films or thrillers, I think it's one of the greatest films ever made, to be honest with you. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, that movie is, for me, one of the only movies that I will watch every single year around this time. Never gets old. I, I really don't tire of it. In fact, I can watch it at other points in the year. And I think it just, it does so many different things. Um, you know, over on our, our podcast, The 3028, we just recently talked about Stephen King and the way he sort of looks at horror and architecture. And that film has so many different elements. Um, it's got the, the slasher film element, which is fine, but that's not really where it lives. It has the sort of haunted house aspect, the, the anxiety that's building, um, you know, the 70s is a kind of a weird time anyway. There's uh, there's a stagnation in the economy and there's, you know, there's there's classism and there's all this different stuff that you can kind of pull out of these films. And even if you don't want to do that, it's just got some really great scares in it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely true. One, one of the great things about Halloween is that prior to that time, so many of the most well-known horror movies focused on monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman these creatures that could never, never exist in the real world. But what Halloween did was something that was hypothetically possible, taking someone who escaped from a hospital who was a, a real, real world monster, 
seeking revenge. And that to me was something that when I first saw it resonated with me, it just created this fear because anybody could be babysitting for someone dealing with an intruder. Uh, there was something very real world about it, if you know what I mean. That's a great, uh, great point. And I think that that's what made it seem so scary as a kid is that you, you know, there's, there's a lot of mystery behind what happens in, you know, they used to institutionalize people and they didn't really have, um, you know, uh, a treatment for people with, with who suffered from mental illnesses and this kind of thing. And so they kind of touch on that, but ultimately, you know, your fear is for the innocent and that's, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character character and she's this sort of you know girl scout or boy scout whatever you want to call her mm -hmm. and you know she's kind of looking out for people and aware of things and you can really root for her and at the same time like you said this is a real person stalking her and that is just terrifying right it's it, it's a and it takes place in a house like any of our homes right right it's every town usa the leaves are falling you see the neighbor's house you see these dark streets and these lit up, you know, porch lights like you saw when you were a kid trick or treating. And so for me, every Halloween, we would watch Halloween because it was usually on. But even as an adult, I find myself watching it, you know, whether it's October or September, I can watch it at any point in the year just because it right. resonates so well. And and I, just, I really honestly think it is one of the best films ever made. And a lot of it is just based on the music. Right. The score is tremendous. Written by John Carpenter. He wrote the score, which is uh, quite impressive. Just sitting at the piano, right? He and right. Deborah Hill. It's amazing. One of the best podcasts in that I've listened to in a long time came out, I guess it was last year on the Ringer Podcast Network. It was called Halloween Unmasked. I guess it was a six-episode series devoted to the history of the film Halloween. Wow. And its impact on society and culture. So I, I know you would love it, and I'm sure many of our listeners would as well, because it was as a fan of the movie, I found it fascinating. It's so cool. And, and you know, it's funny if, if you watch Carrie or other films from the era. I mean, you see, you know, PJ Souls is in that film. Right. She's in Halloween. Um, but, you know, the foil there, uh, they're all foils essentially for Jamie Lee Curtis, who who is you. You know, she, you're you're stuck in this, you know, place and there, it doesn't seem that there's any adults around. Right. You know, there's this whole thing about being a kid or a teen and watching that movie. I completely get it. And uh, let me ask you this. The second question is, we've talked a little bit about it just now, but what do you remember about your reaction the first time you saw Halloween? <laughs> uh, uh, sheer terror. I mean, right. one of the, you know, it's funny. The scariest parts of that film for me are just the moments where Jamie Lee Curtis is either in her room or she's walking down the street or she's sitting in class and she just happens to glance out the window or something. And there's the face, there's the shape. Right. And those are the parts that always stuck with me. It wasn't being chased through the house or chased across the street or, you know, hiding in the closet, which are, those are scary scenes, but just someone lurking there was really scary. And I remember even thinking about that as a kid when we would go trick-or-treating and, you know, there's that like witching hour when you're done trick-or-treating and everybody's kind of done. Right. Then you kind of find yourself on the, on the street by yourself with like sure. a couple of friends. And like, I'm just always expecting the lurking figure. It's crazy because if I, one of my vivid trick-or-treating memories is years ago, uh, going trick-or-treating with friends in the neighborhood where I grew up. And it was towards the end of the evening, it was deserted. And there was just one person coming towards us going for a walk. This was, I don't know, nine o'clock at night, which for a little kid is late. And right. uh, I never forgot that. <laughs> exactly. I remember that all these years later. It's... And, and it, it's interesting, Matt, because you talk about Jamie Lee Curtis walking and catching a glimpse of Michael Myers. In the movie, that occurred during the daytime hours. And that was kind of scary as well, that he was able to avoid detection during the daytime hours, just standing out there in people's yards. That is such a great point, right? And in even driving in the car, and you know, you see the mask, and um, it, it, the, he, there's something. You know, I've been talking about this with coworkers lately. The idea that because of the mask, and we're all wearing masks out in public, right? Where there's a removed humanity from a mask sometimes, and and just because that mask goes all the way over his face, we just there's so much mystery and a, and a shroud over what is this person? What can we expect from them? we know what we've seen from them, but we don't know what they're capable of fully. And so that seeing how that plays out and how Michael Myers just slowly and slowly and slowly, but then fast 
faster and faster, gets closer and closer to Jamie Lee Curtis. That is also terrifying. Right. The buildup, the, the, the buildup to the final confrontation. Yes. The distance that's the gap that's closed between them. Um, you know, eventually he's across the street and then eventually he's in the house. So it right. just slowly happens. And even though Michael Myers has over the years become sort of this, you, you see him everywhere during yeah. Halloween season. It hasn't lost its fear factor. He still is a frightening character. And the new movies, the newer Halloweens, which are immensely successful and popular, they still can frighten audiences, which is a testament to the to the character that was created there. And I can't argue with that because I've watched the the most modern Halloween. Um, what's interesting is there are Halloween films, I think, in the in the franchise that don't get a lot of love, uh, which is kind of odd. Like Halloween 2, no one ever talks about Halloween right. 2. That's the one that takes place in the hospital. And then, you know, years later when Rob Zombie gets a hold of the franchise, things kind of change a little bit. And there are fans who are just fans of the original Halloween and the Rob Zombie films, but not the the subsequent movies in the eighties, but there's, you know, it, it turned into kind of a slashery thing for a while. And then in the fifth movie, they didn't really know where to go with it, but that original, it just, that movie holds up so well. It's basically just a timeless classic of a movie. And it's so weird because it's, it's really not that old in terms of, you know, uh, uh, film history. No, it's not. And before we turn to the final question, I, when my wife and I were first, I guess we were dating at the time. One of the, the one of the earliest movies we saw was the first Rob Zombie Halloween and she's not a fan of horror movies. And she was just, I, I wonder, she hated it, first of all. And I wonder what she was thinking about me. Like, who is this guy that would enjoy taking his date to see this movie? But if you're, look, if you're like me and love horror movies, it's a, it's a great night out. I'm kind of, yeah, that's hilarious, uh, by the way, uh, that you took your wife there. Now, what's funny is my wife and I have seen tons of horror movies. And she's like, she's, the kind, she's very, she's scared of them. She doesn't really like them, but then she loves them at the same time. It just makes right. no sense. Like, those are what we watch sometimes. We're like, hey, let's watch a scary movie tonight and she's like okay but yeah those movies some of them are super cheap in the way that they engage the audience but halloween you're right michael myers as a villain as a monster when they've made him more human when they've shown him during the day or humanized him in some way it becomes yeah it becomes a lot more scary it's interesting how that franchise is held up yeah it's done well it's it's done better i know they're rebooting friday the 13th but it's i think done better than that lasted longer than Nightmare on Elm Street. It's had maybe more longevity than any other franchise in horror film history. I'd have to think about that, but just right off the top of my head, that's something that occurs to me, so. Yeah, think about like the time in which Halloween comes out. You get a, a, a the slasher era um, comes about, and then you, you even get sequels at that time to like Psycho, right? Like mm -hmm. Norman Bates comes back, which is right. interesting. Like I remember growing up watching those. Um, the Friday the 13th series uh, is turns into a, a very campy series at some point. They try to redefine who Jason is. They've never really tried to redefine who Michael is. And that's no. kind of an interesting thing. It stayed constant. Yeah. 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 Uh, Freddie and, and Michael have been very consistent through the years. Yeah. That's, I never thought about that until you brought that up. That's a great point. Um, well, I, I'm very happy you chose that as your selection because it's one of my all time favorite films. Yeah. It's a Halloween staple and uh, it's essential for this time and of year. Totally, so. totally agree. I can't wait to show it to my kids someday just to get some spooks out of them and see you know, see what they think. Cause I feel like even in five years or so, they're gonna love it. I agree with that. Uh, and it's, it's, if you want people to be film fans, they have to be familiar with horror and Halloween is as horror as it gets. It's, it's an essential film. Uh, Matt, my last question for you this evening, are there any Halloween movie traditions you follow every year such as films or television shows you always watch besides oh, yeah. Halloween. Yeah, that's a great question. No, definitely Halloween. Um, you know, we're Disney fans, so there's going to be Disney films that we watch every year. So a couple of the films we watch. We always watch uh, Roald Dahl's uh, The Witches. Great movie. So that, yeah, great movie. We, we watched the original. A recent one came out uh, uh, this year, in fact. And Anne Hathaway plays one of the witches, and Chris Rock narrates for the kid. And it's mm -hmm. good. It was good, too. So I was excited about that. Um, we always watch Ichabod Crane. We always watch the Disney version of this. And really, those package films with with uh, Wind in the Willows and, and Sleepy Hollow or Ichabod, those are some of the most underrated Disney shorts in history. Mm -hmm. I love that. Love that film. Uh, I was w one of the other guests on this episode, Mike. We were talking about that when he was on. 
Uh, and it's on Disney Plus. That's available, which is one of the, which is great. I love Disney Plus for all this stuff. Um, and The Witches, I know, I was very happy when that was announced because I have HBO Max. Yeah. And uh, I just watched The Original Witches not too long ago. It was one of the movies that I loved growing up. Uh, and I took a picture of the screen having nothing to do with The Witches. And I texted it to my friend, Mike. I'm like, Mike, do you recognize this movie? And right at that moment, he said, The Witches. It's one of those childhood movies that stays with you from the mo moment you see it. Um, the interesting thing about The Witches is I'm, I'm turning 40 in a couple of weeks. Ooh, and, welcome. Uh, welcome to 40. It's uh, I'm happy to be there with you. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Angelica Houston was, I believe, 39 when she made The Witches. And actually, I think Gene, not that this is a horror movie, but I was researching this. Gene Kelly was either 39 or 40 when he made Singing in the Rain, which puts things in perspective. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Angelica Houston, uh, just watching that film, I always think of these people as being so much older than me. Right. But at 40, looking at Angelica Houston in that film, I'm like, I still in my mind think that I'm like 25 years old. So I get it. It's I so weird to see stars who like, oh, he was only, you know, Clint Eastwood was only 40 when he did this. Like, yeah, I'm 40. How did that happen? It's like with the Beatles. Whenever I watch footage of the Beatles, I feel like I'm watching people who are older than me at the time they were together as a band was from their late teens through their 20s. That's nuts. I know. Yeah. It just it doesn't like in your mind. People said that to you when you were a kid. Like it's hard to I always wonder that. Is everybody like that? Does everybody see themselves as like 25, even though they're 40 or see themselves as 35 when they're 50 or whatever? Or is it just me? But like, I think it's like this psychosis that happens. I don't know if it's just at 40 or what that is. It's interesting because I was reading an article by David Brooks about the new Bruce Springsteen album. Now, Bruce Springsteen is 71, just released a new album. Yeah. And it was all about the concept of aging. And in that article, it talked about the fact that when Lyndon Johnson's presidency ended, if, if I'm recalling this correctly, he was 55 years old. Yet when you look at photos of Lyndon Johnson, oh my Lord, he looked uh, he looked like he was in his 70s at the time. I was stunned. I, I did not see that fact coming towards me. And um, it, aging is not what it used to be. People's appearances are not what they used to be. Just looking at Bruce Springsteen, he looks younger than me. He's yeah, it's weird. I think about this all the time, and I know this is not related to Halloween films, but just it's related to aging in some way. Yeah. Celebrity culture now is young, right? But like celebrity culture in the 60s and 70s was like, made to look older your bigger stars were older and now everybody's younger and so sometimes i think when i look even at myself like i look like i'm dressing like i'm 12 years younger than i am right because that's the fad versus the other way around where people almost wanted to appear older like that's out right that's no longer the case um constantly on tv shows movies i see people who are much older than us who are dressing like they're teenagers and that's just a reflection of the fashions of the time it's not it's it's not even something they're really consciously trying to do it's just they're wearing what they feel comfortable in and it happens to look a little younger isn't that crazy yeah it's just the fads lean young pop music leans young the right. superstars of the time i mean we have our brad pitts and we have our you know leonardo DiCaprios, but there's a lot of young superstars out there too so it's just a different time uh, yes, Matt, yes, speaking yes. of your podcast, though, uh, I'm a big fan of it, and I would love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about it and tell us where we could find them. Find the app. Find so the what's? Sure, of course, yeah. Um, so you know, you can find us the 3028 Disney History and Disney Listery podcast on iTunes and Stitcher, and you know, basically where you can, if you got an iPhone or an Android phone, you can find us. Uh, Spotify, I believe it's on there too. Right. And you know, Kevin and I have been doing that show since. Well, I'm just going to be honest with you. Right after the, right around the 2016 election, mm -hmm. uh, the world seemed to be much more sour um, about everything. And it wasn't just that, but just a number of things. And we thought that, hey, we we get along really well. We both love Disney and let's, let's just, you know, just do some shows. And so we started doing shows and we started doing more shows. And then all of a sudden the show had like an identity and we were like along for the ride. Mm -hmm. It's a really interesting thing. And that actually happened with me and my brother and the Wedway radio show back in 2009, we started recording together. Uh, my brother and I do not live in the same town, but he used to work for Disney. And so we could talk about that perspective as a cast member and whatever, and look at Disney history. And so on the Wedway radio show, that same thing happened. It was this two brothers show about Disney history and no one was really doing that uh, 
as it related to both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. It's crazy at the time. Like nobody was talking about both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we did the show where we went into this history and we we were like along for the ride. So it's this interesting thing that happens with podcasts. I'm sure you've experienced it where the more you do it, it's like it's an ex- expectation or something. And you're like just keeping up with the train that's already in motion. Absolutely. I get what you're saying. And uh, this show, the 3028, does have very much its own unique identity from the way music is incorporated into the episodes to the it has a very, to me, at least it has a very. I've always found listening to it to be like watching those vintage Disney programs from the 1960s, if that makes any sense. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, I get like the same type of enjoyment. It's the same type of it's like a retro type feel, if that makes any sense. And I, I'm a big fan of that. And I wonder why that is, honestly, because Kevin is in his early 40s to mid 40s and I'm 40 and I grew up at Walt Disney World. and He really didn't. And so I I think, honestly, like just the way that we arrange the shows, we have gone through all of these years of Disney history. We've gone around the world and Kevin has been around the world to all these different Disney theme parks. And we try to incorporate all of that if we can. And if we're talking about a modern or contemporary thing, we try to dive back into Disney history just to show why it's relevant for Imagineering to be doing today something that they probably did a long time ago or reshaped something that worked for them then for modern audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Um, it's, it, it is, I think, just off the top of my head, one of the only podcasts to, to focus mainly on Disney history, and I appreciate that very much as a fan of the company. And uh, I find that the more you appreciate the history of the company, the more it enhances your visits to the theme parks now, if if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and, you know, for me, just to be honest with you, the same thing is true for like Disney films. Like people ask Mm -hmm. you, me, what's what's your favorite Disney film? I can't I I don't have a favorite. I can't have a favorite because Cinderella was important for this reason. And Sleeping Beauty incorporated these artistic elements. And Bambi is this art film. And you know, Dumbo changed the company and uh, showed them how to make a film in 65 minutes and make profit, uh, whereas they couldn't do that between Snow White and Dumbo. So they all have their own important moments in history. And the same thing is true for attractions. Same thing is true for resorts. They're right. all significant for some reason if you just take the time to appreciate them. Agree. And it all led to the L.A. Lakers winning the championship at Walt Disney World. <laughs> it all built that- to that moment. That's insane. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> well, that's what uh, that's what happens in 2020, right? That's another crazy thing to take place this year. Yeah, uh, one of many. One of many. But but to all our listeners, uh, if you're if you've been listening to the stuff we love podcast for a while, you know that we are all fans of Disney, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the, the history of the Disney parks, and I'd encourage all of you to subscribe to the 3028. I think you'll love the show as much as I do. So, Matt, thank you for being here uh, tonight. It was great talking to you. I I love your choice of movie for this Halloween horror discussion, and I wish you a very happy Halloween. All right, man. Thanks again. I'm glad I uh, took the time to invite myself on your show on Twitter, and then (laughs) you obliged me. So uh, we're going to talk soon. Thanks, man. Excellent. Take care, Matt. Well, that was fun. This is Scott again, wrapping things up on the Halloween episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. I really enjoy that. I hope you did too. I found it fascinating learning about what horror films my friends are fans of and what their movie and TV watching habits are around Halloween. I just find this stuff very interesting. I love talking about movies and pop culture on this show. It's so much fun. Uh, One thing about the films that were chosen tonight by my friends is that you have all different types of horror films from Alien, which has a science fiction bend, to something like the original Halloween in terms of the uh, Michael Myers film, uh, the, the original Michael Myers film, uh, through to something like The Lady in White, uh, everything that was chosen. It, If you are a fan of horror movies, there are so many different types of horror movies to watch. And nowadays with these streaming services, you have so many options available to you for how you can watch them. Netflix is churning out content. Shudder, which is an all-horror streaming service, has a lot of good stuff. And not just films themselves, but documentaries about famous horror films. There's a great documentary on Hulu, by the way. I was talking about it the other day with a friend of mine. I believe it's called 7852. Let me look that up while I'm recording here because I want to get it right. It is a documentary. Yes, 78-52. It is a film, a documentary film all about 
the shower scene in Psycho and how it was made and its impact on society, both in terms of cinematic culture and on the rest of society. Really great documentary film. And that's what I'm talking about. If you're a fan of this stuff, you have the films themselves and the documentary films about some of the most legendary pictures out there in the horror genre. So there's a lot to see out there. Um, there's no way to see it all before Halloween arrives this coming weekend. I'm recording this a couple days before Halloween. But um, this was a lot of fun. I really uh, enjoyed it. And now we uh, just get ready for the Halloween holiday. It's going to be, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, it's going to be different this year. 2020 is not a normal year. And therefore, Halloween is not normal. But it is so important to adhere to whatever traditions we can in a safe way. And there is nothing unsafe about staying home, watching your favorite horror films, and doing that to celebrate the Halloween season. To me, I rank that up there with trick-or-treating, Halloween Horror Nights when it happens, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. To me, watching scary stuff around Halloween is one of the essential Halloween activities. Uh, it's, I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, for many years, my friend Greg and I would host what we called Halloween Horror Movie Night. And it would be held usually on a Saturday night around Halloween time, and we'd get together with some of our other friends and show two movies each time, two horror films. And the idea, ideally, was that people would get together, we'd hang out and watch these films. But I, what we noticed happening as the years went on is that less people watch the movie and it ended up just being Greg and I sitting there in front of the television set. So we haven't done that in a couple of years. It could be worth doing again. But it was an essential Halloween activity for us and, and we all do that today on our own, which is really cool. I'll tell you now where you can find the Stuff We Love podcast on social media. We are on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website, Stuff We Love Podcast.podbean.com. You could write to us, Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel, we have a Facebook page, so you could find us there as well. And if you haven't done so already, please leave those good five star reviews for us on Apple Podcasts and wherever else reviews for podcasts can be left because doing so makes it easier for others to find the podcast. And uh, I wish you a wonderful and happy Halloween. And stay tuned because there is going to be some great content coming your way on the Stuff We Love podcast. Take care, everyone.